0: Your hunger determines your direction. Do you all know that by now? Can you say it with your eyes closed? (laughs) Your hunger determines your direction. Whatever you are hungry for is what will guide you. If you are hungry for this world and the desires of this world, the world is what will guide you. But you have to ask, what feeds your hunger? Whatever you put in you. Whatever you put in you is what feeds the hunger that you have. If you are putting sweets, mm, I love sweets, in you all the time, you develop a hunger for sweets. If you get home from work and you've worked all day, you're tired, and you start binge watching Netflix every night, what do you start developing an appetite for? Netflix. Whatever you put in you is what you will have. A desire for. If you put church in you, what will you begin to have a desire for? Ah, How crazy how that works. If you put prayer in you, what are you going to have a desire for? Oh, you got, you're getting this. Wow. If you don't have a hunger for God, let me tell you this this morning. That's okay. It can be developed. Your hunger for God can be developed. You have to develop and grow and develop an appetite for different things. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, you're at the perfect place. You develop that skill by being around other people who are doing it. If you want to be a great golfer, what do you do? Don't hang out with Terrence. <laughs> I, <just laughs> I had to say it. <laughs> If you want to be great at golf, hang around people who are great at golf. If you want to be great in your relationship with God, hang around people who are great in the relationship with God. If you want to be a good cook, hang around with people like my grandmother no, I was about to say my grandmother. You've been real mad. My mother-in-law, who's a great cook. Hang around people who are good at that, and then all of a sudden, you will begin to be better at that thing that you're trying to get good at. So if you have a hunger to develop your relationship with God, hang around those people who are hungry for God. Are you following me? All right. Whatever you surround yourself with is what allows your hunger to be developed. And I want to clarify something today. If you're not sure, you're not not real confident in this, I'm going to be your guide for you this morning and tell you, it's time for you to develop your relationship with God like you never have before. It's time for you to develop your hunger for God, your desire for prayer, your desire to seek the face of God more than it ever has before. Look at the world around you and tell you it's not falling apart. It is time now, like never before, you say, God, I'm going all in for You. I'm beginning to seek after You. I need to be the voice of truth amongst the group of the people that are in my life, and I've got to be in a place where I'm getting that from You. Your hunger will cause you to walk in personal holiness. Your hunger will cause you to draw near to God. Your hunger will will cause you to want to walk in the anointing that God has upon your life. Your hunger will cause you to encounter God like you never have before. Today we conclude our hunger series and I want to conclude it on this thought. Whatever you are hungry for will determine the level of involvement that you feed into that hunger. If you want to be a professional at something, you have to give time and resources to that. If you want to be a gardener and you want to be good at it, my wife got home from vacation and her, another one of her plants died and she's like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Total surprise. <laughs> But if you want to get good at gardening, you're going to have to spend time learning about being a gardener. You're going to spend money buying a lot of plants and trees and mulch and and whatever else you stick around plants to make them grow fertilizers and things like that. And if you want to have a hunger for God, you've got to surround yourself with the things that cause that hunger to be nourished in your life. If you want a true, genuine hunger for God, you have to develop this skill that we call abiding in Christ. And that's where we're going to spend the, the remainder of our time together today is learning how we abide in Christ. Once you have encountered God, your hunger will cause you to want to know more of Him. And once you want to know more of Him, you'll have to learn how to abide in Him. John 15 uses this analogy of uh, in your notes I am the vine the true vine and my father is the vine dresser verse 1 it says I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser this starts the conversation of Jesus talking about how we go about bearing fruit verse 2 you can look at it I put it in bold Um, Jesus starts off with bearing no fruit And then he starts talking about bearing fruit. So obviously there is an option that we can either bear fruit or not bear fruit. And then in verse 3, he talks about bearing uh, some fruit. And then in verse 5, he talks about bearing much fruit. And then all the way at the bottom, verse 16, he talks about uh, um, a remaining fruit. When Jesus is talking about fruit here, he is talking about the productive fruit. Christian life, a Christian that is growing in the character of Christ, bringing God glory and benefiting others. When you are abiding in Christ, that is what's happening. You are bringing God glory and benefiting others. There are four descriptions that we are given when it comes to this fruit that we just looked at. There's no fruit. You're not producing anything. There's some fruit. You're producing a little. There is much fruit. You produce a lot. And then, excuse me. There is remaining fruit. You feed others. When it comes to abiding in Christ, we have to understand what does it mean to be a fruit-producing person in this context. Let's pull out your outline. There are three characteristics of fruit that we're going to look at. And number one, if you don't know the answers or you don't hear them, they're up on the screen behind me as we go. Fruit always bears the character of the tree of which it is a part of. You won't find apples on an orange tree. The character of the tree will determine the nature of the fruit. If you are not grafted into the vine, you yourself become the tree. And the tree that you are producing is the result that you live in. In other words, if your life is a mess, that's your fault cuz you stood alone. I'm just going to say it, whatever. But if you are grafted in the vine, the tree is Jesus and you begin to bear the fruit of what you are grafted into. On the back page, second page, fruit is number 2. Fruit is always visible. Fruit is all, you've never seen invisible fruit, have you? Have you ever seen invisible? <laughs> no, no. Fruit is always seen. If you are bearing fruit, other people will see that inside of you. It's impossible to bear fruit and others not see it. If they're not seeing it, <laughs> if people get around you and they can tell no difference between you and the person who is not a Christian, your fruit must be invisible, right? <laughs> That's right. You can't have invisible fruit. So you're not producing any. Wow, four minutes into it and it's already quiet. (laughs) We're just getting started. Number three. Fruit always exists for the benefit of someone else. Fruit does not eat itself. If fruit is eating itself, guess what it is? It's rotten. Only rotten fruit eats itself. You know you are bearing fruit When other people want what you have, when they have the type of relationship with God that you have, the type of marriage that you have, the type of kids that you have, the type of walk that you have. You know you're bearing a fruit when other people have or other people want what you have. If they don't want what you have. I'm not going to say it, but I mean, maybe maybe there's no fruit that's visible. I guess I will say it. if you don't look like Jesus, they will not want what you have. I've heard many times, and even more recently, there doesn't seem to be a difference between the people who go to church and the people who don't. That's a problem. (laughs) What, what, What they're saying is that I'm no better off with your Jesus than I am without your Jesus. What they're saying is, the lifestyle that you show, that you lead, it's not doing any good. So why would I want that? Maybe it's because we're seeing a lot of people who aren't bearing fruit. Maybe it's because we have a lot of Christians in church. Oh, hold on. Okay. I don't want to get you. I want you guys to still be my friends. Um, the church is full of people who are producing little to no fruit. Last four or five years ago, we went out to see Lala and Adrienne's parents. You don't know Lala, Adrienne's parents in Pennsylvania. And out in Pennsylvania, they had this orchard. And uh, Adrienne thought it would be fun to go out and pick berries and stuff off the things with Matthew and Abigail. I had never done it. I'm not a, I just, not my thing. But we went out because you're on vacation. You do things that you don't normally do. So we went out there. And, and I, I watched, and the amazing thing, how old was Abigail? Probably like... Three? Three? Yeah. At three years old, I didn't have to tell Abigail which fruit to pick off the, the tree and which ones not to. She could tell at three by looking at them which ones were good and which ones were not. Are you getting me? If a three-year-old can decipher the difference between a good fruit and a not good fruit, why is it that the Christian life doesn't decipher that between adults? Between us? <laughs> I'm just getting started. I'm going to adjust some of this. because <laughs> Look at the, the green ink in your outline. The fruit of your life will take on the characteristics of what you're grafted into. That's powerful. I'm gonna say it again because I don't think you heard me. The fruit of your life will take on the characteristics of what you are grafted into. Okay, thank you. In order for you to grow in your walk with God, in order for you to take on the characteristics of Jesus, you have to become a person who is abiding in Christ. In the first 10 verses of, uh, or the first 16 verses of John 15, Ten different times, John says that you are to abide in Christ. And what he is saying here is if you want a closer, more real experience with Jesus, the only way to get there is if you learn to abide in Christ. The Greek word, let's write it down, for the word abide is mino. M-E-N-O. And it means to stay, hang out, write down remain, or Loiter. Jesus is saying, if you want to be like me, then you have to abide in me. And I think most people treat the church like a vending machine. I need something, so I'm going to go put my quarter in and push the button of what I need, get what I need, then I'm going to head on back out. When life throws you a curveball, you're going, oh, now I'm going to go to church and start making things right. I think people are trying to date Jesus when he's asking for a ring on his finger. (laughs) John chapter 15 says, if you abide in me and I in you, a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus is talking to his disciples. They are already followers of Christ. And he's talking about how you get to know him. If you want to get to know Jesus, you have to abide in him. Are any of you tea drinkers? Tea drinkers? Yeah, I know Philip is. Okay, Emily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so what was it? Two years ago, I said, I'm going to learn how to drink tea. I've never had tea. I don't drink tea. Um, and I flippantly said it. And Philip back here, two days later, Amazon boxes show up at my house with a teapot, all sorts of tea bags, because he's a tea. I think he was wanting somebody to drink tea with. I don't know. And he uh, needed a little princess. No, I'm sorry. And. and um, I got all this tea stuff, and I, I didn't know anything about it. So I started experimenting. Found out I was allergic to tea, so I don't do that anymore. But outside of that, for the first three weeks, I was sick and couldn't understand why. And then we found out why: I can't have tea. But the but when I was figuring out how to to, to learn how to make tea, I'm for you tea drinkers. I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong. This was my experience, so I may have done it wrong because again, I'm not a tea drinker. So, but the illustration is going to be dynamite. Just just get where I'm going with it, okay? The the tea. To to make the tea, there there was two different methods that I found. Maybe there's 20. I don't know. But two different methods that I found out how to make tea. The first one is the dipper method. That's what I call it. You know what the dipper method is? You get the tea bag and you wrap it around a spoon or your finger or something and you just go like this. You just do this. But you can't just do it a couple of times. You guys just keep on dipping and keep dipping. And then you get like... I'll use the word impatient. You get impatient like me and this is gets really annoying so I stuck my finger in the tea bag and I push it down inside the water and that gets us the, the flavor of the tea into the water. Okay? It takes a lot of effort to be able to do that. And the second method of making tea is, this is actually an official term, it's called brewing. <laughs> you, you you brew the tea. You, see everyone knows, I didn't know this. So there's the the Brewing of the tea. And in this method, you get hot water and you stick the tea bag inside the hot water and it remains, it abides in the hot water. And the transformation that takes place only happens with little to no effort whenever you abide in the hot water. If you be dipping it, it takes a lot of work to get that tea out of there. You just don't get the flavor. you got to keep dipping and pushing and dipping and pushing. A lot of work takes place. You're not abiding. A lot of work takes place in the Christian life, doesn't it? But if you learn to abide, you learn to soak in the hot... Did did you know heat causes molecules to go faster? Heat causes the tea bag to, to... faster, and and the tea flavor to get in. But if you learn to abide in the hot water, the transformation takes place without you having to do the effort. I don't know if you're getting this. If you want the transformation of God to take place in your life, you've got to abide in Him. You become on fire for God. Let me put it that way. You become hot. You're like that hot water. You you become on fire for God. And all of a sudden, the transformation in your life can take place because you've learned how to abide in His presence. (laughs) Most people think they can just casually dip into church. I dipped into church. Okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I, I, came, I came once this month. I'm, I dipped. Most people think I need God to do something, so I, I heard in Sunday school one day if I pray, God will do something. I dipped. The transformation doesn't happen that way. Dipping takes a lot of work. Dipping doesn't get you the flavor that you want. You've got to keep pushing on it. If you, want, if you want the hot water to give you the flavor of the tea that you want, you've got to allow the tea bag to what? Abide. Abide. Soak. Remain. The other word was loiter. You've got to let it hang out in that stuff. And the more you hang out with Jesus, the more you become like Jesus. The more the transformation in your life takes place. I ain't getting started yet because I forgot we got baptism, so I'm going to cut down. (laughs) Let me give you one more illustration. Um, (laughs) And she's getting up and walking away. That's okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Adrienne, Lala, they all went to Texas this last week and uh, left me home by myself. And what? This I got here. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I didn't tell you. It's no big deal. We're good. Um, And I I eat out most of the time anyway. I don't really eat at home a whole, whole lot. And um, I I don't really ever make food. But on Tuesday morning, I woke up, and I was like, I want some eggs. So I got up, and I made me some eggs. I don't really do it very often, so I went and busted those suckers, put them in the pan, turned the pan on, and scrambled them all up. And I sat there and looked at it, and eggs are brown. That's weird. Whatever. Okay. So I went and took the eggs and after I thought they were done and put them on my plate and they were burned as a crisp. I forgot to put the butter on the pan because I didn't, I don't do it all the time. I didn't know I was supposed to do that. And because I didn't put the butter on there, all the eggs stuck to it. And when all the eggs stuck to it, they all got burned. And when they all got burned, they stuck to the pan. And so I looked at the pan and I was like, I got to scrape the pan. So I put it in the sink and I got the little scraper thing and it wasn't doing anything. I gotta you know, scrape, scrape this thing. It's still, they were burned on there, and then being the genius that I am, I just left the pan there, and then I went and put hot water and detergent in there. I let it soak inside that pan, and I left. And I came back an hour or so later, grabbed that scrub brush. Whew. Those eggs came right off that non-stick pan that those eggs stuck to. How come? I let the burned up eggs remain in a solution that would break down the chemical composition of those eggs so it could scrape off. I don't think you just heard that. A life full of sin remaining in Christ, all the sin can be scraped off of you. All the sin that's holding you back is scraped off of you. All the things that you look back and say, my life is falling apart. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I'll never become what God's called me to become. All that nonsense, that stuff, is scraped off and removed when you learn how to abide in the presence of Jesus Christ. You guys. Jesus said in verse 7, if you abide in Me, and My words abiding, you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done. When you abide in Christ, the Word of God says that whatever you wish will be done. A visitor in Christ, he's dipping. He's not abiding. He can't ask. He can't be trusted with the answer. <laughs> if you just dip every once in a while, that's not abiding in Christ. When you're not abiding in Christ, let's just be kind of straight up with each other. Why should you be full of the presence of God if you're not abiding in Him? Let me go ahead and clarify something. You're not. Because there's no fruit. And if you're not abiding in Him, you're not grafted into who He is. If you're not grafted into who He is, you can't produce what He is in your life. Many people come to church looking for a blessing, looking for that prophetic word, looking for a quick fix. They're dipping in and out. They're going from this church to that church. Let me clarify, you can't grow where you're not planted. If you're abiding in Christ, that means you're loitering. You're remaining in His presence. You're spending time with Him. You're spending time in His Word. You're spending time with fellow believers going in the same direction. When you're abiding in Him, you learn to abide in His presence. We talked about how last week, you can go back and check it out, great message, how... The presence of God is in your life at all times, but you can leave your part yourself, you can depart yourself from the manifested presence of God. If the manifested presence of God is not active in your life, it is because you are not bearing fruit that allows you to be grafted in to what Jesus created you to be. When you are abiding in Him, you are abiding in His presence. Verse 5 says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. When you're not abiding in Christ, you can do nothing. If I'm not abiding, I'm just dipping. And if I'm just dipping, that means I'm not remaining in His presence. So the question has to be proposed. How do I abide in God? How do I develop my hunger for God? Write this down. Surrender to God daily. You want to abide in the presence of God? You want all that God has for you? Every day, wake up and welcome the Holy Spirit into your life. Every day, go throughout your day acknowledging Jesus in your life. Every day, thank the Lord for what He's done. Set aside time to worship and pray. Look how to make a positive difference in the life of someone else. When I look at you, no matter what situation you are in, when you are abiding in surrender to the One who provides the source for your life, everything about you changes and you take on the characteristics of the nature of who Jesus is. Over the past five weeks, I hope we've been able to stir up in you a hunger for God. To go a little deeper than what you've ever been before. To try a little harder. To say, God, I want more of You than I've ever wanted before. And in in closing this today five-week message series, my closing question, and Dad is going to come up and close us out, is when you live your life abiding to the vine, answer this question. What am I truly hungry for? Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com, to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.